based on evidence. It's based on belief and trust in evidence. And we brush our teeth uh, because the evidence suggests that brushing your teeth uh, for two minutes in the morning and two minutes at night is good for the health of your teeth and your gums and your mouth. And we don't eat raw chicken because evidence suggests that that would make us extremely ill and it wouldn't be good for us. Uh, we don't drive with our eyes closed, or at least I hope we don't drive with our eyes closed, uh, because evidence shows that that's going to end in a crash. It's going to end badly. You see, Christianity is no different to these things. We believe it because of the evidence, because of the facts, because it's real history and it's real events. And today we're thinking about one piece of evidence, uh, one fact, uh, one fact that is so important, the Apostle Paul said that without it, faith itself is futile. Faith is completely useless. And that fact, that event that we're looking at tonight is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's on page 1156 in the Red Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, you can pop your hand up and someone will bring you one. But we're looking at 1 Corinthians 15. And let me start reading at verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. I'm just going to jump down to verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Amen. This is God's word. Well, our first point tonight is that there is there no resurrection, no gospel. No resurrection, no gospel. In verse 1 of chapter 15, Paul states that he's going to remind the church in Corinth of the gospel. And in the next few verses, um, he outlines the fundamentals of the gospel 
in kind of four key elements. Just look at it with me. We see that here's Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection, and then his appearances to his disciples and 500 others. You see, these are the very foundations of the gospel story, the good news of Christianity. Without any one of them, the gospel fails. If this gospel isn't right and it isn't held onto, that true gospel, then Paul says we have believed in vain. Just imagine with me a Jenga tower that I'm sure we used to play, to, play with in our youth. Um, and we all know that you take it from the top, don't you? There's always that one rookie player who tried to take one from the bottom, and the Jenga tower falls over. You see, when we take out the foundations, the rest of the tower collapses. See, whether it's this building we're in tonight, the Empire State Building, or a Jenga tower, if the foundations are not in place, the rest of the building falls. You see, if any of the four elements of the true gospel are taken away, then the whole gospel tower comes crumbling and tumbling down. And in verse 3, Paul wants the church to know that the gospel he has received as an apostle is the same gospel he passed on as of first importance. The gospel and the commission given to him by Jesus himself in verse 8 is the gospel he passed on to the church in Corinth. You see, the good news of Christianity, the gospel itself, is wrapped up in these four elements that Paul talks about. Christianity isn't good news without each one of them. Four fundamental facts, if they aren't true and if they did not happen, then Christianity isn't good news. So no death, then we don't have a gospel. If there's no burial, there's no gospel, no resurrection, no gospel, no appearances, no gospel. But why is it that we can say the resurrection is so important? Why can we say that without the resurrection, there's no gospel at all? Well, look down in verse 3. Because Paul says in verse 3 that Christ died for our sins. It seems to suggest that Christ's death on the cross, that's what atones for us. It's what wipes the slate clean. So isn't the work finished there? Isn't that job done? Isn't all we need Christ's death? Well, no. No, it isn't. Jesus' death defeated sin. But the second enemy of God's people, the great enemy of death, was still at large. See, it was at the resurrection of Jesus that death was dealt the hammer blow. The victory over death came at the resurrection. And that's something we're going to think more about in a couple of minutes. It was Jesus' resurrection, you see, that acted as a receipt. His death was the payment for the ransom of our sins. And his resurrection was the receipt showing that the price had been fully paid. That the payment was accepted, that there was nothing left, no debt of sin to be paid. You see, if there's no resurrection, then how can we be sure there's any real victory? And without victory over sin and over death, how can we say that we have a gospel, that we have good news? Without the resurrection, there is no gospel. And that brings us on to our second point. No resurrection, no hope. I'm just going to look at verses 12 to 20. If we just look down at verse 12, it becomes obvious there in verse 12 that some people in the church in Corinth were saying that there was no resurrection, that coming back from the dead isn't a real thing, it hasn't really happened, and that should just be left for the world of fantasy. So Paul follows that logic. He says, okay, if Christ didn't come back, let's follow it to kind of the nth term. And just look down at verse 13 with me. 
Paul says that if resurrection is impossible, then not even Christ himself was raised from the dead. And then he goes on to say that is the case then, that Paul's preaching and the preaching of the other apostles was useless. And not only that, but so is the faith of this church. The faith of this church is also useless if the resurrection did not happen. Now that is a massive thing for Paul to say. An apostle commissioned by the risen Jesus himself is saying that the fact of the resurrection, if that isn't true, then everything he does is useless. His life work is nothing but meaningless and time-wasting. If we look at verse 15, he even goes on to say that he and his fellow preachers are false witnesses if the resurrection isn't true. Because that's the message that they were preaching. They were preaching a message of resurrection. They were preaching that Christ died, that Christ was buried, that he rose again, and then he appeared to many people. The message that they were preaching is useless if there is no resurrection. Paul even goes further to say that the faith and trust of this church in Corinth was also useless if there is no resurrection. And he goes on to explain that in verse 17. Just look at it with me. He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Here again, Paul mentions one of the two big problems if there's no resurrection. It means that sin isn't forgiven. The slate hasn't really been wiped clean. We said earlier about the resurrection being like a receipt showing that the price had been paid. Well, without the receipt, there has been no payment. The work is unfinished without the resurrection. People are still in their sins. They're still facing the eternal wrath of God for all their wrongdoings. No resurrection means that the work of Christ on the cross becomes useless. People are still in their sins. The gospel is no longer good news. But then Paul goes on to highlight the second big problem if there's no resurrection. Just look at verse 18 with me. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we have all people most to be pitied. Paul tells us that if there is no resurrection, then those who have died are lost forever. And more than that, Paul says that Christians should be pitied above everyone else if Christ is only a hope for this life, for this current life. If people aren't raised from the dead, then what hope do we have as Christians? What hope do we have if Christians, if people aren't raised from the dead? And the answer is clearly none. We don't have a hope. See, our sole hope as Christians rests on Christ's resurrection. Firstly, for the payment of our sins, and secondly, for the hope of eternal life with God in a new and perfect creation. If there is no resurrection, then we can't look forward to the day when we will be with God forever in perfection. If there is no resurrection, then I am wasting my time, you are wasting your time, and money, and energy. If there's no resurrection, we might as well all go home and enjoy life while we still can. But then here comes the big news. Look at verse 20 with me. Paul gives us the news that we want to hear. He says in verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Paul tells us Christ has been raised from the dead. Brothers and sisters, we can have hope today 
because Christ has been raised from the dead. We can believe in the good news of the gospel because it is good news. There is a resurrection. We can believe in that good news that those who trust in Jesus will have their sins forgiven. We can know with surety and be steadfast in the knowledge that those who have fallen asleep in Christ are with him now in glory. They are not lost. They are with him and around his throne. See, Paul tells us that Jesus was the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Just like the first fruits of a harvest were the kind of signpost that more harvest was to come. You had the first fruits, more fruit was to follow. You see, Jesus' resurrection was the first resurrection of many resurrections. It was showing that one day too, we will be raised with him. For those who are trusting in Christ, they will look forward to a day where they too will be resurrected. Friends, the gospel is true and there is hope because Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. So let me ask you, are you trusting in this good news gospel today? Are you personally trusting in the gospel today? That Jesus died for your sins? That he really rose again, defeating death? Do you believe that he paid the price for your sins? Making it possible for you to have a right relationship with God? Let me remind you that, again that the gospel is true. And today you can have a hope for the future. Therefore, I think that this message of resurrection should fuel our prayers in three ways. Firstly, we can give thanks to God the Father that he did not leave Christ in the grave, but brought him back to life, defeating sin and death for his people. Secondly, we can praise God for his promise that all those who trust in Jesus' death and resurrection will inherit eternal life and can look forward to a day when they will be with Jesus forever. And thirdly, we can pray that as a church, we too would be bold in proclaiming the gospel of hope to a world that is lost. We can pray that many people would believe and be saved from their sin and gain eternal life and eternal hope for the future. Church family, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. There is a gospel to proclaim. There is a hope for all people. Amen.